What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle cough! Hey, B! Hey, Oh, yeah. Live version. Is, is he wearing series. leather? Leather American yeah, it's a jacket. Good jacket. Is that Yankee Stadium, it looks like? I, it might be. I don't remember, but I remember the coat because I Instagram posted it. It's You know what I think it is? Yankees Mets uh, 2001. Is that when they play? Yeah. The jacket must cost fifteen thousand dollars. Cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Is that good-looking skinny Sounds bald different. guy? Well, it's it's live. Haberman Middlecoff want to say thank That's you. Right. This is the thank you pod on Veterans Day. It's it's actually it's actually uh they didn't look. They, Yankees Diamondbacks. Oh, okay. That was Lee Greenwood. Sounded different, yeah. but you know, it's, yeah, yeah. I have like a bunch it, of dirt I, in my phone, and I, the the audio. I actually not great. have the photo from that from that performance on my phone because the coat and his hair. He's got like the thinning hair that's like yeah. dyed, and like it's it's uh, combed, brushed up so it looks a little thicker than it actually is. It's one of those, like, God, I mean, what's this guy doing with his hair? Then he walks out in that jacket after 9-11, sings that song, and you go, you think that guy can't get laid? <laughs> like, you, you, you could, he could have one strand of hair on the middle of the top of his head, and it wouldn't impact what, anybody. I mean, he brought the What happens down. at a concert when they're like, one more song, one more song? He just plays the same <laughs> song again. They're like, one more song, one more song. He does it again. The, <laughs> the, did you watch any of the Fox pregame there at West Point? I did not. It was pretty... It was pretty cool, and then like they had just all the cadets, yeah. you know, all I don't know if all the cadets, but I mean like basically like a thousand, you know, just behind their set the whole time screaming. All of a sudden, they're doing a segment, and they're like, "Let's bring out a special guest," and they bring out a cadet, and they go, "Terry, who is it?" He goes, "This is Lynn Swan's son," and it was Lynn Swan's son, who is like a senior at West Point, and it was just pretty cool, you know. He just comes on with the guys, and he's you know Terry's giving him shit and. 
It was a pretty cool moment, though. I, as someone that's been to the uh, one of the highlights of my time in Philly was going to the Army Navy mm. game. Lurie must have like a, uh, the market cornered on hosting that game. Him and Bashadi, they basically it's at either Eagles Stadium or Baltimore Stadium. I mean, every year for like the last ten years, the game is badass. Even though you know it's like two triple option teams again, football is you know a little different. But the the pageantry and the the discipline. Even Terry's like today, he goes, it's weird, you know. You see young kids now, they like, they, they basically just say, screw you and walk away, you know, or talk, mess with you or whatever. He's like, everyone here is like, well, yes, sir, no, sir. You guys need anything? It was just like, you know, pretty, uh, I mean, the Cowboys, they have this the biggest American flag you've ever seen. Shocker. Love America, though. Absolutely love America. Uh, thanks to all the veterans. Hopefully there's somebody listening on that. We got to get this on the podcast on the Armed Forces Network, you know. Get it blasted uh, out. Yeah, to we do. Every uh, Guam, you know, every corner. Where is where can I find the Armed Forces Network? Do you know? Yeah, like on military abroad. I used to abroad, watch it yeah. all the time when my dad was stationed in Turkey. I watched the you know like you, I didn't get everything, but I would I would get the big. You, I got the World Series. I got the Super Bowl. I got the NBA Finals. And we I, oh we got Monday Night Football actually because I remember. Turkey was several hours ahead. I'd wake up. I'd be able to watch the second half of Monday Night Football before school in the morning, like with breakfast, you know? So if I got up early, I could watch Monday Night Football. I would always, John, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, or World Series, not so much NBA Finals, was always a can of Sunkiss soda and a can of Pringles. And it'd be like 2.30 a.m., 3 a.m., and it would just be me in the dark by myself. It was like, this is like sixth grade. Watching, uh, fifth, yeah, I was probably like, I was 10, 11, 12. Can't. Would, uh, do you think this show was hosted on that network? Good <laughs> I, I never saw Robin, no. <laughs> it, I, I think that was, that wasn't based on a true story, was it? That movie? Uh, you know, it actually, it, I don't know, but it, it might have been. been. I don't know. Whatever was that? Just the local Vietnam station, or was that the armed? They probably didn't have the ability. Yeah, that would technology. I think that would have been just like his local base. Yeah, yeah. Guys just needed entertainment. Yeah, right. Flipped on the deal, and they brought over a couple entertainers, and he was one of them. Well, no, I thought is that what that was? I thought he was just like in the like you know in the military. Well, yeah, yeah. He he was he he was in the military, and then like. I haven't seen the movie in a while. He kind of somehow lucked, like somehow ended up in it, and it turns out he was just a natural for it, and it was yeah. awesome. He became like the Howard Stern of Vietnam, and people just fucking loved him. But the, I remember his boss in Good Morning Vietnam hated him, right? Hated the show. Kind of, it's honestly has some parallels to the Howard movie, right? The dude hated him. The dude was critically, everyone on the base loved him. I mean, he made the yeah. base. But the, the boss, I remember watching it, back like a year ago and they sent him home and he's freaking out and people are freaking out and they like cut him off the air at the end i have to rewatch the movie i need to i I haven't i watched sergeant bilko 12 times but i probably only watched that movie once i haven't seen it forever okay go back and watch it i'm in the midst of season two breaking bad right now john i won't give anybody any spoilers since I'm the last person well, I mean, on Earth to I, watch I'd it. Say, I'd say, Guy, you're, a little, you're probably a little late to the party. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start recommending it to people. You seen any good shows lately? You know, this Breaking Bad, the, you know the biggest problem is now I want to make jokes about it, just like pop culture jokes that are so old. 
that you can't make. You know, I, I, people stopped calling each other Heisenberg ten years ago, or however long that show was done. It, 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 exactly. I, I, my, my overall take. You know, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. A better than okay, like solid. I, I, I never was in the camp with Breaking Bad or with Mad Men, are two shows that I was earlier than you, but definitely way late to the party within the last, like, 18 yeah, months. Yeah, I never did. Mad Men, I've tried to watch it a couple times. It never caught me the way kind of Dexter me. did. The way, uh, what was the one with uh, the dude from uh, David Duchovny? That show I watched. Oh, Cal- California. <laughs> um Sopranos is a good if you mean if you like mafia yeah. shows. It's it's. I remember it's you got me onto both of those. I'd be up till like four a.m. just because I think I got into Dexter. I think we got into Dexter like after it was a few seasons old. Yeah. So I just remember. Yeah. Season one of True Detective. I'd put it up there. I remember there were these there was these gr- this great site where you could stream yeah, them all right. for free even if you didn't yeah. have Showtime or I HBO. I was watching off that site. So anyway. yeah. Good time. You, you watching Cowboys right now? You see Dak's headshot is a jersey without the number on it. It's just a. Why is that? <laughs> That's the jersey they had on headshot day. That's probably fucking not. weird. But why couldn't they just couldn't they just put a number on there with technology? Weird. All right, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com, where the promo code is Ham, and uh, where today, if you listen to this on Monday, and of course every day, Ease, and it really is every day has a 25% discount for veterans. Yeah, you can't beat it. If someone is a U.S. veteran and wants to receive the discount, they can just email veterans at ease.com and follow the instructions in the link there. The promo code HAM also works. We love our veterans. We love our friends at Ease. You know, as someone that's ordered gummies multiple times off Ease, guy, uh, I I think that uh, Dion Waiters probably should have used our promo code. And gone to ease.com, and he might not have had a panic attack slash whatever the hell happened on that plane. Because our gummies at ease.com are awesome. Pre-rolls, vapes, you name it, they got it. Ease.com, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. Then if you're if you're feeling a little CBD, uh, CBD is the craze of the world. D- drop shipment delivery, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Um, I love that Dion Waiters news happens and everyone starts tweeting at us about promo code HAM. E-A-Z-E.com. Promo code HAM gets you 20 bucks off your first delivery. And uh, if you're already a customer, please share it with somebody who, who isn't. And, and again, it's year-round that veterans get 25, uh, 25% off. And the promo code also works if you haven't used it and you're a veteran. You can do 25% off and use the promo code HAM. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped. Number one. Ooh-wee. Number one in below-the-belt grooming. It's an official category, John. And manscaped.com slash ham. Actually, it's, actually it's manscaped.com promo code ham. Promo code ham. 20% off free shipping. Yep, guy. N- nobody wants to uh, cut or nick their, their testicles. It's the man region that we, uh, all of us males, hold near and dear to our, uh, our bodies, literally. And uh, we've all been trimming because as you age, you realize, God, I got hair everywhere. And you got to trim that hair up. I-, I-, I try to do it about every month, guy, with this thing we like to call the Lawnmower 2.0, which is easily, and I say this with, with personal experience, and many people that have bought it can, uh, will, you know, passionately agree with me. It's the greatest ball trimmer I've ever owned. 
you know, a lot of times with like facial buzzers, they have the little, the thing that kind of flips up to use it. That usually cuts and nicks. That's not the lawnmower 2.0. You can avoid all that stuff. Trims away. Uh, USB charger. It's awesome, guy. It really is. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Get Shout on. Shout out to Billy who asked me if it worked the other day. Uh, promo code. The answer, of course, is yes. He tried it and it did work. And uh, now it definitely works. Manscaped.com. And the promo code is ham. Get your free shipping and get you 20% off. Um, so, you, by the way, Deion Waiters was suspended by the NBA? By the NBA. Well, what? I, well, because he, had a, he was on weed. I, I saw, I was reading that he had a bonus in his contract that if he played 70 days, whatever his contract was, like a million-dollar kicker, that would have hard-capped the heat. And I saw some people tweeting like, yeah, of course that this story got out. You know, this saved the Heat some money. I don't know if you've been following like the Heat in training camp. I think he showed up fat. They they already suspended him for something. Like he'd had a really shitty year, like personally. Because even they released a statement like basically saying this ain't even close to the first offense in like the last two months. Again, uh... Shams also wrote that the Miami Heat believe that he was given the gummies by a teammate, but Waiters believes in the concept, and and every human should, snitches get stitches, refuses to say anything. And, uh, yeah, just what what would he be like? Okay, Pat, yeah, Jimmy Butler gave him to me. What are you going to do, Pat? Suspend him? I don't even understand why everyone's so upset about a gummy. I don't get it. Well, because he he had a panic, he passed out, had a panic attack, and was like convulsed, had like seizures. Oh, I, like see, I like I was, only understood yeah, he, it as he a panic was, attack. I didn't realize there were seizures involved. Convulsions. Well, I don't know if it was a quite seizure. I think he was freaking he the fuck out. out when the plane landed. He was either I think when they landed, it was a flight from L.A. to Phoenix. So I'm pretty sure when they landed, they could not wake him up. Maybe when they woke him up, he freaked. It was clear he was really fucked up. You know. And that flight, I would imagine on the charter, is not that long, right? So you just up in the air, hit the ground, then all of a sudden everyone's getting off. Like, why is Dion not getting out of this plane? So, yeah, not a... I had a bad... The one time I'd ever tried edibles before, like, these companies, like our friends at Ease came around. You're talking about in 2002. I'm talking about when you put the oil into actual brownies, and you you have, like, now, when you buy these edibles from Ease... They tell you how many milligrams are in every little piece of candy. So you have an idea. When you just pour it into, it's no different than like pouring a bunch of sugar into when you're baking a cake. You really don't know how much sugar you're putting in there. It's kind of a guessing Were this, game. Was this on the that's football why, team bus in high school? It might have been because it did not go I well. I, 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 <laughs> on the I way to like Vallejo. And when you're younger, when, to me when you're younger, you don't control your mind as well. And some people never do. Like I, I can control it pretty well. And it's hard to freak out when you can do that. But you get to a point, maybe like Deion Waiters, where you take so much, it doesn't matter if you're like Tony Robbins with the mind. It's it's on, like Donkey Kong. And you're just... Can you imagine Pat Riley looking at you when you're having a panic attack from from gummies? Not good. Surprised he's still on the team. No. What? Remember this? I, I was hoping it was the SNL one. Have you seen the SNL one? This is like the long version. Jeez. 
Yeah, the the SNL one. They they did something back in the day. I saw. It just got tweeted on my timeline. It was incredible. The fun. SNL Monday Night Football. No, it, I was talking SNL. Oh, I thought that was like the NBA. No, th- this song. one. This You're one. Right I don't know why I got the like the f- four minute Hank Williams version. Monday Night Football, John. Monday Night Football. I haven't heard that song in a while. Maybe Niners right. Seahawks. And I look, Niners have been on Monday Night Football this year. It was Niners Browns. At the end of the day, it was the Browns. Good or bad, it was the Browns. This is Niners Seahawks divisional matchup. Uh, and really, I mean, Niners the only unbeaten team in the NFL. We keep finding games where it's like, you know, they can afford it. This was they don't need this one. I don't know, man. C- Seattle is still right there on their heels. If you lose this game, in terms of just winning the division, it's not quite done yet. But I think Seattle falls into the category. It's a little different because they play them twice. They actually play all these three of these teams. They play Seattle twice because there are three two-loss teams, right, in the, in the NFC. Where it looked like, and we were talking about it, are you going to have to go 14-2 and two or 13-3 and three to ensure you get a bye? And you realize usually there's one team that does that. And like a lot of times the two seat, if you go 12 and four, wouldn't you say, I bet if we did a study the last 20 years, 12 and four, probably get you a first round by, what would you, I'd guess 78 to 82, something like right at like 80% of the time, right? So it's well over 50. You're getting the number one, you're getting the, the second seed. Where you saw today, the NFL... You know, whenever you talk to coaches and they always give you the cliche answers, like I was texting, I had a question about something in a game way earlier that I was going to kind of go in on, and it was in a Chiefs game, and I texted Coach Reed. It was like after they played the Lions about something Matt Patricia did, because I was going to go nuts on it in the on the podcast, and he actually kind of defended Patricia. It was about like using the timeouts. And he kind of ended the text with like, yeah, nothing shocks me in this league. You know, this league, you know, this league. And then he's like, I think a lot of crazy things had happened that day. And he's like, look at all around the NFL today. It was like the Raiders had just beat the Colts, I think, that day. And he just did one of those classic, like, yeah, this league's crazy. Just look at everything today. And coaches love saying that. And I think people like me and you are always, sometimes you think that's a little overblown. But then you see a game. If you're a Niner fan, there were two games you were really locked into today. Maybe three. It would be the Saints, the Packers, and the Rams. And the Saints, the difference between the Packers and the Rams is they're playing like credible franchises. I mean, the Panthers have been pretty solid. And the Steelers beat the Rams. But the Steelers were 4-4 and coming into that game. The Saints guy were at home. Now, granted, it's their rivalry. They were fucking 1-7. and for example, this the Seattle Seahawks, who did they, they played them a couple weeks ago. In that game, guy, they were up twenty four nothing at half to Atlanta, and that was the game where you hit me with that stat where you're like, "Do you know how many yards uh, Shab threw for?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess like two fifty. And you're like four sixty seven. The Saints losing to the Falcons. I wouldn't just say losing; like they kind of got their ass kicked, didn't they? I mean, every time I'm looking up, they're down multiple yeah. scores. They couldn't move the ball. That was probably the most shocking, just given the guy, they were one and seven. But when you take a step back and you think like a coach, I would imagine a coach would tell you, well, why don't you Google their roster and tell me how many good players they have, one. And two, they were coming off a bye. 
But regardless of the the scenario, how it played out, you'd go, well, that's a pretty freaking good outcome today for the Niners, right? Now the Saints and the, you have a two game lead and you didn't even play just on the number one seed. So even if you lose at home, which would suck, like if you're going to lose some games, which are inevitable, I don't know if you've noticed, but since the 72 Dolphins, there's been one team to run the table in the regular season over that span of time. One. And they ended up actually not sealing the deal. So it's, it's basically, and I think we see this a lot of times because every year, when you say most years, there's usually an eight, nine, ten, and zero team. So it's inevitable to get talked about. I would maybe, maybe not, 10, not most but years, but yeah. So I feel like seven, every every, get, every other year somebody to like seven, seven for every, sure. Right? Remember the few years ago it was the Falcons. It was like are the Falcons going to go unbeaten. You realize just how impossible it is because again, you go twelve and four. If you just rack up twelve and four season after twelve and four season, you're a Hall of Fame coach. And you're probably just like the fucking, you're the New England Patriots, you know? That's just, that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I don't make a habit of predicting a team's going to be 15-1, and but I do think Monday Night Football, if the Niners beat the Seahawks, then you can still lose to either the Packers or the Saints, and provided neither one of them loses again the rest of the year, except for to you, right? So say you beat the Packers, lose to the Saints. Packers have three losses, Saints have two losses. See, but but, but I'm, I'm, I'm even looking at it differently. I'm going... You win this game tomorrow, then you get the Cardinals. You could probably go three and three down the stretch because the schedule is pretty crazy, right? You play Seattle again in Seattle. You got to go to Baltimore. Have you see the highlights yeah, on that fucking yeah. guy? I mean, yeah. Jesus, jeez, jeez, Louise. Uh, you got to go to New Orleans. So you could, you know, lose at Seattle, lose at Baltimore, lose at New Orleans, be thirteen and three. And let's say the Saints lose another game or two separate from the game they beat you. And let's say the Packers are thirteen and three, but you beat them. Maybe you still get the one seed. Like you go thirteen and three, you're in pretty good position. But it gets a lot harder to go thirteen and three if you lose this home game. Just factoring in that Baltimore game looks dramatically different than it did a month sure. ago. Not maybe not a month ago. We knew a month in it was going to be tough. Like to start the season, that game's going to be really yeah. hard because, like Kyler, listen, I, I I've become a pretty big fan of him. He just seems like a great guy, and he is just beyond. He's just unique. Like you can. I don't know if you can get ready for Russell, but you do know Russell just, at the end of the day, does want to throw it against you. He doesn't want to really run. This guy, I mean, guy, they're running like triple option with RG3 as the running back. I mean, they're doing some crazy... I thought that was pretty... You and Trent, I know you and Trent Baalke's daughter hated Greg Roman, but it turns out he's not a bad uh, I was bad not a coach. Greg Roman hater. <laughs> uh, Who would you say the number one hater on Greg Roman was? Baalke's daughter? <laughs> Probably, yeah. What what was her tweet again? Was that like mid Thanksgiving game? Like, he's got to yeah, go. I don't even remember. I mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember what the it, it I, I, yeah. It was a mid game tweet in a pretty big moment, if I remember correctly. Uh, that then immediately catches fire and yeah. goes viral. Um, Balky's like, I do not speak for my children, and they do not speak for, but they speak for me. <laughs> yeah. Balky, we know. I mean, everyone thinks it's terrible right now. It's okay. But now he's back. I mean, he has had now two of the more unique kind of quarterback situations. The, R- the RG3 play was awesome, by the way. And Scott Hansen, because I was watching Red Zone, it was just like, and Mark Ingram's back there. They got three Heisman Trophy winners in the same backfield. He goes, I don't – we should do some research, but I would guess that's never happened before in the history of the NFL. Well, it did because someone tweeted that Al Davis would never let this happen. In, like, the 80s, it happened with uh, – I think it happened with like Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, and Tim Brown. We're all on the field at the same time. Marcus Allen, Bo, would they have all, the all three of those win the Heisman? 
Yeah, they did. Now, I will say Scott Hansen so, said in the same backfield, but that's all. It's, what's the difference? It's all the same. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Well, remember back, back before Tim Brown tore his knee, he was like kind of a hybrid player. Um, if the Niners win, yeah. here's the other thing. This is not so much a playoff conversation, but I do think we've talked about this. The better they get, the more expensive the tickets get. If they win Monday night, not only are they nine and zero, but they're four and zero at home. Um, and we've talked for you know since the stadium opened, just about are they going to be just home field advantage, winning at home? I do think there's a little juice to Monday night football. It's just an opportunity for Levi Stadium to look cool. Just an opportunity. Now the mix is like the more expensive it gets, is it harder to get rowdy people in there? You can tell me when you're there when you're at the game Monday night, but. I do think it is just like as an aside, this is not a playoff point, but it's just a big opportunity for Levi Stadium to look sweet. And if, if you go, this has, got, this has gone as perfect as it could go for Jed. Uh, and on top of that, not only they're winning, but they're winning at home, which I guess when you're 9-0, you're winning everywhere. Um, even if they lose, I mean, just Monday night being a sweet environment, it's pretty – it's a big deal for them. It's a, I mean, I don't they, – they can't really lose on Monday night, as I think – kind of your ultimate point even if they lose the game they're still in great shape um i just keep looking at it every game you win it's like god win the next one and it really puts you in an advantageous situation especially part of that is just because we haven't quite yet seen this team against the green bay packers and the new orleans saints right that's probably part of why i feel that way but what's it and you're arguably playing the mvp front runner you know so if he lights you up I mean, that slash would be a huge moment for him. Like, this, like is that a huge storyline here? That this guy is, you have three or four touchdowns against this defense on Monday Night Football. Is it safe to say that, and they'd be, you know, eight and two and have a, be a game behind and be thinking like, well, we, we still got them coming up here and we've already beat the Rams. Like, this guy's the, we could still get a top two seed slash. We got the MVP of the fucking league. That's to be part of tonight. I guess, yeah, tonight if you're listening Monday. That part a huge thing for this defense, which I think is the Patriots has had a couple kind of an off day against Lamar, but it it turns out that it might maybe Lamar and that offense is just kind of like you said with Roman back in the Kaepernick days, just this unique unstoppable force this year. It might not that might age a little better, like their defenses might just be elite. But Russell Wilson is just one of those guys like something's got to give tonight. You're either gonna hold him to you know a, a subpar game or he's gonna kill you. Like, I can't. You see any in between where he just he just kind of meh? Yeah, it feels just like because he's either, I think it's now he can be kind of meh. He can be excuse. Let me rephrase that. He can be kind of meh numbers wise, but if he has those moments, right? Like in the fourth quarter, like he, and he's done that historically against the Niners. Like he can have the two hundred yard game. Yeah, but if he has the two signature plays that win you the game, it'd be like fuck. Can we beat to this me, guy? To me, he's either great or he's meh with a couple sweet plays, and the question is, enough sweet plays to beat you? I have a really hard time seeing him just be terrible. Yeah. I mean, how how many – I mean, I'd say in the last three or four years, how many quote-unquote true terrible games does he he's just a great. A he's just a handful. great player, you know. He's a great – Kittle's player. a great player. He's like, – just, yeah. just Ian Rapsheet Williams. Ian Williams, <laughs> former Niner on uh, NBC Sports, says that he's out, that Kittle's not going to play. But then he's like, you check is going to be back, and don't worry – Kittle will be back soon. Well, I saw that someone, you know, when Juszczyk was talking to the media on, like, Friday or Saturday, he said the one good thing about this offense is every position is interchangeable. So if you need me 
to, like, if you're a wide receiver, you know all the wide receivers. Like, Kittle knows all the blocking spots that Juszczyk would know, and Juszczyk can run all his plays. I guess it's interchangeable with some players, right? Like, the tackles, all it, they all clearly can function in it. it. And that's where I think Kyle, where I would be higher, hard on Kyle sometimes, I think, with the player acquisition, he's got some Belichick to him. I think, actually, Gruden does too. Like, so those, like, kind of overachiever, super smart guys. Like, the Renfros and the McGlinchies and just just the guy, if you said your daughter brought home, you'd be proud. check is one of those guys. Well, the good thing about those guys is they're usually smart as fuck when it comes to football. And there's never, like, you know, that's like the knock on Cordero Patterson, who runs circle. I mean, Kittle's an elite athlete, but most, like, the Renfro types – and Juszczyk's a good athlete too, but like the Patterson, who's like the elite NFL athlete, but he, he, he's been in the league for seven years and doesn't know two plays. But like uh, me personally, maybe I got a little Al Davis. As Brett Veach once famously said in a draft meeting, maybe I got a little Al Davis in me. Like I, I, I do too, and I kind of like those guys. But when you get into a pinch, and I think this is what benefits Kyle, despite being a young guy, he's been in the league so long now. Right, he's been in the league since like '05, and really because of who he is, he's been around players for so long. He's got a clear identity of what he likes because he knows that you depend on so many guys. Where I, I'm the opposite. Like I, I used to get so mad, like why can't our coach figure out how to use this guy? And the coach would say, "Well, he can't understand anything, so you just keep arguing over this." The Niners, how many dumb guys do they have? You know, how many, how many dumb football players that you just go, God, you would say all their football IQs on their team, for the most part, are super, super high. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they actually have guys that probably their football IQs are higher than their ability. I, I don't know the answer, but I I do think it's probably safe to say, particularly offensively, just to know Kyle Shanahan's playbook and understand his plays, you have to be pretty smart. Right. Yeah, and that's why he values it, but I think sometimes he'll go with a guy maybe who's a little less of a player, where that's where I think there is some balance there. But the example I'm using like doesn't fit Juszczyk, because Juszczyk is a... Good player. I mean, at his position, he would be considered yeah. a borderline A difficult guy to replace. Yeah, same with McGlinchey, same with Staley, same with Kittle. So these guys don't really fit in that mold. Like, you know, Renfro is a little overachiever. I don't know if the Niners, I guess Trent Taylor would have been that guy. I don't know if you saw, but he's, it's like Trent, just, I, I'm not even going to consider you a 49er moving forward. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you're always hurt. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at this game, the, the, the Seattle, for, that's the difference. Like their philosophy has been a little different than Kyle's, right? Like they take some swings on guys, like they don't give a shit if they think the guy can just play. You know, the clownies, just over the history of their kind of operation. Jimmy, uh, Percy Harvin, and I, I kind of like that. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that. But we're going to find out, I would say, over these next couple of years, like, looks like they're going to be pitted against each other now. Definitely this season with the Rams losing. But in the next couple of years, like, we know one thing, right? Seattle's going to keep fucking swinging. If I told you this year... Odell Beckham became available, and they trade their first round. You know, they they will do these things. Where I think the Niners are a little, they will be aggressive, but they're a little more kind of balanced in their discussion. <laughs> they're just a little more. I don't know. Prudent be the right word. But uh, it's like, oh, I don't yeah, know maybe prudent. I think, I I think they want to make sure whoever they're acquiring fits, and the Seahawks will try to just fit anybody. And to their credit, they've done a good job of it. 
Like, wouldn't you imagine the Niners, and I wouldn't say the Niners would be alone on this, but I bet there were some teams that were like, oh, DK, it's all hype. Well, I bet in that draft room, the Seattle loved him. Right. Pete loved him. And you could tell they loved him, remember, when he walks in that room in the combine at the interview the room off. and Pete took off. Looking back, would you be shocked if that was like one of Pete's favorite players in the draft? Or you just love the guy? I would not be shocked. Clearly, someone in that organization loved the guy. Maybe both of them loved the guy. Schneider Maybe and they Pete. did. But but in like their defense, he's been he's been a big reason guy. They're I think he's got five or six touchdowns. Well, yeah, he like he's been five, good. Yeah. He, he, now a couple of them have been like blown coverages or whatever, but still five touchdowns as a rookie. What if he ends up with at the end of the year eight or nine? That's like he's not going to win. Like Jacobs probably going to win the offensive rookie of the year, but he would be like someone that got like I'd vote for him. If you got if if Haberman Middlecoff, we got votes, and you got to vote like MVP style, right? You give a guy first place, second place, third place votes. He's getting votes. Yeah. If he continues on this yeah. path, like that's a guy tomorrow that I'm kind of interested to watch. Like, does he make big plays against the Niners? Because every other team I watch him play against, he makes big plays against, like big plays. I, I I think the other thing is just no Kittle. We always talk about this. It's just Garoppolo and Russell Wilson on the field at the same time. I mean, not the exact same time, but against each other. We just get to compare an MVP candidate to a guy that last time the Niners played played like an MVP, right? Um. And again, it hurts him that there's no Kittle, but it's also an opportunity for Jimmy to to shine a little more. I mean, if he can roll out anything close to his last performance without Kittle on the field, that Cardinals performance on Monday Night Football yeah, against they, Russell it, Wilson, it, if they go nine and zero, and Kittle officially misses this game, which it sure as hell looks like it's going to happen, and they've won games without Kittle, without both their tackles for year for countless games together. Without use check for several games, it would be a pretty incredible It'd also accomplishment. Because be- we've seen we've seen a lot of undefeated teams just year in, year out. For the most part, it feels like they got a lot of things going for them, right? They've just stay healthy. Their top players are always on the field. Obviously you can need your quarterback and your couple of your elite players to be, but you don't have like crippling losses, like lose your left tackle. That that would be, I would say, the story for me of the Niners season. If they win this game, would be so far their ability to overcome injuries has been fucking remarkable. Because that was something we talked about nonstop for the last two years. What's going on? Heads got to roll. And you can say, oh, middle cops hyperbole. These are injuries. Well, the Niners showed you. They fired everybody. <laughs> you know, so it, they they tried to do something. Right. You know, you can say it's just fans and people on the outside complaining. Well, they cleaned house. Their longtime trainer, the doctors. Strength guys. And you could say, well, it is freaky or whatever, but has this year been any different than previous years? They've just handled they've just won football games. Shows you. <laughs> you know. When everyone's just like, hey, just win. Yeah. You know? It's really kind of true. But, just win. No one talks about it. By the shit. way, since you said uh things people are complaining about, to have this stat real quick before we move on from the Niners. Mitch Wisnowski is third in the NFL in percentage of punts down inside the twenty. Well, who's the who's the who's his uh, battery mate from Utah? Matt Gay, Tampa Bay's kicker. Yeah, he's good too. Yeah, how how incredible was their punter and kicker room well, last year? At Utah? Well, they both. They, yeah, they were both Ray Guy Award the year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. They were both Ray Guy and Lou Groza Award finalists. I think one of them won. I think Mitch won the Ray Guy, and like and Gay was a finalist for the Lou Groza. Not last year, but the year before. One of three finalists. 
I, I it's pretty not to go on a side tangent on Utah. But what they've done, like the last twelve years since making this transition, I guess it's been a little less than that. Nine. But just the high level pros and just the, how good they've been. I mean, fuck, what a clinic on just a high level program. It is. I mean, just everything from like guard to a tackle to a linebacker to a DB to boom, a kicker, a punter, a boom. They're well, they've 10-1. done a great job it's with like they've Jesus. done a great job with Aussies and Polynesians, right? The that's true. Are those two? Well, Mitch is an Aussie. Yeah, Matt right? Gay is not. He's a Matt he's, Gage he's is American. A, American. Uh, but Matt Gay, Matt Gay was drafted right. Tampa mm-hmm. drafted him last year in like the fifth mm-hmm. or sixth. So they had their punter and kicker same year drafted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean that team, not shocking, right? Was in the Pac-12 championship game and they were yeah. good and they're good yeah. again. How, how do they? Re- how do you replace a pro kicker and a punter? Like, I don't, you just pray to God like the guy you scholarship. Well, they got, they got another Aussie as their punter. And then, what's their connection there? Is it like St. Mary's? They know a guy in Australia. Whittingham, they've been on it for a while. Like Pro Kick Australia is like the name of the Aussie kicking team. But like the the kicker was like a soccer player at uh, not Utah State, like Utah Valley State. And somebody told Whittingham, like you gotta you gotta get this guy to come play football for you. And they had to try out and they signed him. I mean, it's, so he's just in the kicking community. I think he's just like. <laughs> The guy everyone goes it to. It does feel like the Utah schools do some cool shit. Like Ziggy was just like playing basketball, and one of the players went to Bronco and like, we should just have this guy play football. And they're like, yeah, just do it. Like that's, <laughs> I don't. It feels like kind of unheard of at the Division One level. Like it feels like these schools in Utah just, I don't know, think outside the Maybe. box. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about that. You you got to have a, uh, an open mind when you're constantly signing players that don't actually come play for you for two years, right? That, that's true too. You you just you think about things a little Maybe. differently. Like Saban's like, what what you're gonna leave for two years? Huh? What? What do you love more, <laughs> Alabama football or God? Make a choice. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to help the kids in Africa eat, or do you want to make plays? Like, well, coach, uh... do you want to just do your job? Uh, all right. Good good solid day for the Raiders too, man. C- Colts. Did you see that stat? The Colts. I don't know. Did they finish a seven point? There was like every every game they've played has been a seven point game this year. Well, they lost by like three. So yeah, today was even a coming into game. This, even coming into the day. I think every I'm pulling up their schedule right here, but I think every game they've played has been a seven point game. They lost to the Dolphins sixteen to twelve. So that's good for the Raiders. Someone texted me mid game. He had three. Yeah, Hoyer threw three picks today. Aren't they paying him a healthy amount of money? Uh, no, because remember. Oh, yeah, you're right, because they had to overpay a little bit. I think they gave him, like, yeah, $12 million, like a two-year $12 million deal. Yeah, every every game, some... John, they lost by six, they lost by six, one by two, one by three, lost by seven, one by three, one by seven, one by two, lost by two, lost by four. I mean, Frank Reich is going to have – all his white hair is going to be gone. It's crazy. Well, they're just – well, they're not that talented. Like, when you watch them, you go, how many really good players do they have? And you lose a quarterback. Like, Brian Hoyer, I saw a good tweet today. They're like, God, I hope Brian Hoyer is worth this mo-. Like, he must be the best mentor in the film room in America because he's not a good football player. Well, how do – that's you know, just crazy like, to me, John, is they have Brian Hoyer throw three picks and they – well, I guess they're playing the Dolphins and they still only lose by four. They're playing they, – yeah. They, well, Fitzpatrick threw a pick. I think they had – the Dolphins had uh, any fumbles. No. But, yeah, I just – they're playing the Dolphins. I think that's – I saw Roto World had a tweet. They're like, Balage, workhorse day, 
24 carries, 45 yards or something. You know, it's like their their talent on the team. And this this does speak to Brian Flores. And I've been saying this over and over. And it really hit me Monday night a couple weeks ago when they were playing the Steelers. They are playing their balls off. Like they are just playing so hard. It's the most underappreciated thing in pro sports. If you really just give maximum effort, if you're just a pro, even if you suck, but you're a pro, even in the NFL, your team might win three games. Like even if you are, you just say the talent on the Dolphins at this point in time is legitimately a, a zero win team. But they're going to play so hard, they might end up, and you're just going to luck into like facing a backup quarterback, facing a team off a short week, getting a Thursday night game against the Jets. You might just end up with like, damn, we won four games, you know? And you feel more prideful in a four-game season than probably some seasons when you had a bunch of talent and you win like six or seven games. And I, you see today, another big thing for the Raiders, the Chiefs, they have lost, in their last six games, they've lost four of them. And you watch Ryan Tannehill, and I was pretty locked into that yeah. game, Tannehill's not bad. Like, he's definitely better than Mariota right now. And I can see where Gase and some people that were in Miami the last couple of years, like, God, if he would have just stayed healthy, we would have been pretty competitive. I watched the Colts thinking, like, what if Andrew Luck was was their healthy quarterback? Now he wasn't going to be their healthy quarterback right now. But the Colts are playing defense. Well, yeah, the, the Colts, like, the Raiders have more blue-chip players than the Colts. You know, the Colts, they have, like, one elite player to me. That's T.Y. Hilton. And I guess they're guard. But, like, what can a really a guard – he can only do so much. So, I mean, the running backs are okay. Ebron's, you know, solid. But Ebron, you have to get him the ball. That's the thing about, like, if your best two players are your receivers, well, if Hoyer's your quarterback, like, good fucking luck. So, Texans are 6-3. and three, Chiefs are 6-4. and four, Bills are 6-3. and three, Steelers are 5-4. and four, Raiders are 5-4. and four, Colts are 5-4. and four, Titans are 5-4. and four, Titan, no, Titans are 5-5. Five 5-5, and five five. And five, sorry. I gave up on the reading. But, I mean, really... Right. You, do you have the playoff picture? Yeah. So, right now, for some reason, the Steelers have... Not that it matters, but the tiebreaker. Winning like percentage in, the six in conference games. So, they're 4-2 and two and the Raiders are 3-2. and two. Wow, so... I've been saying this over and over. I think the Bills are a playoff lock. You watch them today on the road. Their defense is elite. Like, to me, their defense is good enough. I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Is good enough to get them to 10 wins. Uh, I don't know what's the fuck. My internet's going so goddamn slow. I can't pull up the Bills schedule. I'll pull it up. But, okay, they got... So, the Bills. They lose to the Browns today. They're 6-3. and three. At the Dolphins. Win. Broncos. In Buffalo, probably a win. Then they get Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots. Oh. I don't know, maybe I spoke too soon. And the Jets. So they got the Bills have a lot of tough games. They got a they got a four game stretch here in basically starting after Thanksgiving at Cowboys versus the Ravens at the Steelers at the Patriots. So they could lose all those games. So if they lost all those games, that'd be four. That would be seven. To get to nine and seven, they would have to beat the Dolphins, beat the Broncos, and beat the Jets. So maybe maybe I spoke too soon after looking at the schedule. Maybe I feel more comfortable saying they're a nine and seventeen. But I think you could look at the AFC and go, could the two wild cards be nine and seven? Could eight and eight get you a wild card spot? Probably not, but it's not 
if you're trending in the 8-8 eight and eight direction. Now, the Raiders, here's where they are helped out, right? Their next two games, well, their next game, the, the Bengals are the worst team in the NFL. I think that's pretty well established at this point. They consistently get blown out. They're horrendous. They, I mean, they're awful. So I, I feel comfortable giving the Raiders that win. The one game I don't feel as comfortable, and everyone just does this, just because a long road trip, the Raiders have, don't really, they haven't been winning that long. Like when you go on the road to play the Jets, yeah. you know, Darnold can get hot, Jamal can make some play. Just weird shit can happen. Now, they should win that game. I would, would you guess they'd be favored in that game? Yes. And then you get the Chiefs, and as you alerted me, the Chiefs will be coming off a bye. Which Andy is what, 16 and 3 or 17 and yeah, 3 or 16 and 4 or yeah. something like that? The number's high. Here is the curveball, though. And we had been talking about this a couple weeks ago. We are like, well, keep an eye on the Steelers. Well, they won today. The, St- the next four games for Pittsburgh, they play the Browns this week, Thursday Night Football, at Cleveland, which is a big game for them. Then they get the Bengals, Browns, and Cardinals. And then the Bills and the Jets. If they win this Thursday night game, and they're 6-4, and four, then they get the Bengals and then the Browns again at home. They're in pretty good position. I would say that the Steelers might be better off. The Steelers and the Raiders. I would say the Steelers have the best chance of getting to 10 wins. The Bills is going to be challenging. And obviously the Raiders, to me, it's still going to be challenging just because it's hard to just put them in lock on these road games. You know? Like at Kansas City, they haven't played well historically with Derek. Uh, Gruden's never beat Andy, obviously, in these the three games he's been back. Even like the Denver game, Denver have a bye. Yeah, they must have had a bye this week. That like that game is just it's Denver. You we've talked about it, rivalry game. Denver's weird place. It's not easy, right? Yeah, I'd say ten. I'm, are you so you're elimin- eliminating Tennessee? Their schedule? No, I'm not. I, I, I would realize today who has the worst record in the AFC South. It's the, the Jaguars, Jaguars are like five, four and yeah. five. But here's Tennessee's schedule: Jacksonville at Indy. At the Raiders, Texans, Saints at the Texans. That's difficult. Now they beat the Chiefs. So, do you think do you think a nine and seven team gets in the playoffs in the AFC? Um. Uh. So for somebody to go nine and seven, it's either the you'd be basically it's one of these teams goes four and three the rest of the way. So I think it's possible. That Buffalo is, yeah, yes, I do. Like, there's a de- to me, there's a decent chance that there's like four or five, nine and seven teams, guy, and there's just all these tiebreakers. Like, th- there's a chance that all the five and the six and the seven and the eight are all like nine and seven. See, I I, I used to think the Buffalo was some lock, but you just look at their schedule. They, their offense is not good. They, their defense is excellent, but their offense. Is not I gotta good. look. I know Jack. I think Jacksonville's schedule gets well. Actually, it doesn't. But they play the Raiders, and like you just said, they play the Titans. Still, they play. The, I was saying ten, that was Tennessee. The Colts again. Yeah, Jacksonville play, plays the Colts twice. Plays at Tennessee. Plays Tampa. They get the Chargers. The is back. And they go to Atlanta. So it's just all these games are really interesting. I'd say the thing for the Raiders, these next two games, just because you've got to go on the road to Denver, to Kansas City, 
like you said, Tennessee's still solid. They're coming here. Jacksonville is not. I mean, that, that Tennessee game actually, like I'm a, getting kind of far. Both the both those AFC South games. I agree. And wouldn't you say the one thing like the Jacksonville Jaguars? We'll see what happens this week playing the Titans, and Foles might just be in a big upgrade for them, and maybe they win. But that game against Jacksonville, I think a lot of Raider fans, oh, win. Well, that team is really, really talented. Like, Jacksonville top to bottom has better players than the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have an identity, and I, I think the Jacksonvilles are still trying to figure that out. And part of that has been they haven't had their starting quarterback, and they play with a backup who had done a you know serviceable job. But it's I, I think the AFC playoff picture, now granted, it's not like two teams fighting to get to 11 wins. It might be nine and sevens, but that's... It's entertaining, and it's some you know, you know, the Bills kind of some new yeah. blood. I, it makes me Maybe wish the, Titans, that the Niners, the Raiders. It makes me wish that the Raiders, excuse me, were finishing with Jacksonville and Tennessee instead of Denver and the and the Chargers. I agree, because um, we we you know here's where kind of like the football gods are doing the Raiders a little bit of a solid, and we both thought it was kind of bullshit. You're like last year at the Coliseum, you can't have the last game of the season at the Coliseum. Well, the last two games, right, were Tennessee, Jacksonville. And we're like, that kind of sucks. And you realize, well, actually, those games could be really huge against those specific teams. Right, right. Now, the other thing, I said it last week, and I'll say it again now, it looks even bigger today. It looks even bigger today. Just get ready. They, now, they got to win to make this happen, but they play Cincinnati. They play New York, like you said. You got to win those games. But December 1st, they're going to Kansas City, and it's going to be – we're going to be talking about that game, like if they if they beat Cincinnati and the Jets, like it's one of the biggest games of Derek Carr's career. He's never played in the he didn't play in the playoff game uh, that they played. If they win the next two games, give, given the situation they're in now with Kansas City's loss, that they're only a half game behind the Chiefs and they've already lost. Like we haven't talked about really them winning the AFC West, but. If they win the next two games, that just is going to be part of the discussion when they go play Kansas City, whether you think they're better than the Chiefs or not. I would agree. This Sunday-Monday is a pretty big stretch because they play Cincinnati at home, right? Yeah. Or they go to Cincinnati? They play Cincinnati at home. So you win that game, and you're 6-4. and four. Right. Well, the Chiefs play the Chargers at, at home on Monday Night Football. So that would – and again, the Chargers – you know, or just one of those weird teams. Good game. That game is probably uh, tight. I know yeah. if I watch them, I'll probably be entertained. But you're six and four, and if the fucking Chiefs were to screw that thing up, you would be in first place, guy. That, that's that's the huge curveball here. Like Kansas City going to continue to fall apart? But like today, their, their defense is killing them. I mean, they lost thirty-five to thirty-two in a game where Mahomes guy was thirty-six of fifty. So if you do the math there, it's like seventy-two percent. He threw for 445 yards, and he had three touchdowns. Like, to me, it's hard to lose those games where it's one thing to lose 20 to 17 when Mahomes throws three picks. You're just like, my quarterback had a terrible game. He's my best player. Guy, fucking their star player dominated. Dominated. That The end of that, the bad snap, and then the guy threw it, which was a double whammy because he threw it. He got a... Uh, <laughs> Intentional uh, grounding, Dustin Cole. Intentional quit. grounding. What was that? Yeah, and I love he does the like. Now, did you? What did you think? Because it looked like everybody else when the ball was snapped moved. Like it feels like he didn't know the snap was coming, and it was his fault that he didn't know. Could you tell? Well, the, but the, but but it skipped. It was such a bad snap. But he wasn't ready for it. He was not ready for the snap to even to save it. You're saying? I'm saying I think one of the reasons 
Okay, maybe I'll watch it right now, but I think part of the reason it skipped is because he didn't have his hands ready. Like, he wasn't looking. But even if you're not looking, shouldn't it not skip? Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think I think he didn't catch it because he wasn't watching. Yeah, I saw the long snapper talking to Andy, trying to explain himself, his self, like his side of the story. Uh, I I do think that you practice those situations that you just got to hit the ground. Like he kind of you got to do anything but that. that how how was he not? That, that cost them 15 yards. It was insane. And then they ended up scoring a touchdown. That, that that was an enormous loss for the Raiders, right? Was it? It might have been. A, I mean, I think it's a ten. Is it a ten or a five yard penalty from the spot? Intentional grounding. Well, I just assumed it was ten. Yeah, it might be. But I wasn't. I had it on mute. Anyway, I, re- regardless, even if you don't get a penalty, that that was just a devastating play. It, it really was. They went for it on third and two. Yeah, and the Titans had one timeout, and they chose to pass the ball, and clearly it was one of those like a quick out, and the guy was covered, so Mahomes was like fuck, and he's, he's kind of scrambling toward the out of bounds, and luckily he's smart enough, but he hits the ground, and that would that cost him like five or six yards, so it made the field goal a lot longer. Where looking back, the move would have been to run the ball, but you know sometimes I always say that, and there was a play in the Steelers game where I was like, what are they doing going on four on fourth and one? And they went four on fourth and one, and Mason throws a sweet, like he does a circle in the backfield, throws this guy wide open, and they get a first down. You're like, genius! You know? So you're always, you're either genius or an idiot if you don't get those fourth and one plays. But that that cost the Chiefs dearly today. And now they're, I don't want to say fighting for the division life, but it's definitely a conversation. And the way the schedule plays out, there's a very good chance that the Raiders are going to win these next two games. So the Chiefs, now one of the weeks is the bye. But they, is it safe to say that it's a must-win game for them Monday night at home against the Chargers? Yeah, well, the thing with, the, they still play, they've already beaten the Raiders. Just, just to get, but just to get their yeah, mojo yeah, back. Yeah. They've lost four of the last six yeah, games. Sure. I mean, at the end, they would still play head-to-head with the Raiders, a team they've already beaten, so they could be in position to have any tie go their way. Um but, yeah. No, you're right. Just from a mojo standpoint. The one thing, though, guy, is if I beat you head-to-head twice, let's say, but I go 3-3 three and three in the division because the Chiefs have already lost to, or excuse me, well, the Raiders have beat the Chargers, beat the Broncos. They've lost to the Chiefs, so they're 2-1. and one. Let's say they lose the Chiefs again and they beat both those two teams. They go four and two. Well, if you have the same record, let's say you both end at nine and seven or ten and six, which is hypothetical. I think it's based on divisional record, not necessarily head to head. So if you went four and two and they went three and three, you'd win the division. I'm pretty sure because remember we we had stuff like that before where some of these tiebreakers are not as black and white as you think. I don't think it's based on head to head. Uh, division. What would your thought be? My thought would be that it's – well, actually, I already said what my thought was when I assumed that they would win it, but you're right. It makes more sense. The reason you play within a division is so that – It's for the six games, yeah. not just the no, head-to-head. Right. I'm pulling it up. Because I, I just remember – I remember mainly because I remember a scenario where you're like, well, the team beat them twice. Well, they lost all their other games. Uh. But, but again, actually, that's, no. that's that's a that's long not, way away. So I'm looking at the NFL tiebreaker rules here. Head-to-head, the best one loss percentage. At the end of the regular season, if two clubs in the same division have the same record, head-to-head is the first tiebreaker. 
So then if we split it, if we had gone one and one, then it goes to the then next Then it goes divisional games. Gotcha. So if that game so that game in Kansas City is massive. Yeah. Like the Chiefs would then be in the driver's seat if they have the two if they're two and zero against the Raiders. They would own the tiebreaker, essentially. And you would say it's a little harder for them to go on a losing streak when when they just have this prolific offense. I mean, they they don't really lose many games when Mahomes is that good, but their defense was made some just terrible. Their defense is bad. I mean, so is the Raiders. I, I'd say, what the hell's the difference? You know, both of them are just giving up a lot of points. Yeah, well, the difference between the two teams would be that as good as the Raiders' offense has been, that the Chiefs' offense it's is just bad. more explosive. G- congratulations yeah, uh, to um, your boy number ten on healing a clavicle and a ten week clavicle injury and two. Like a quarter. Well, he, he diagnosed no, he diagnosed have, by Tony he, Romo. He did. He didn't have the, but he didn't have the same clavicle injury. Remember originally as like Foles, it was like a subplex of it. But then when he came back, Tony, who had hurt that same thing, you could tell was like, oh no, because he, he he. I think he put himself in that situation. Like I've been there, man. And then he kind of shook it off, and then he just comes back in the next play. That guy. Like, Kelsey is just a dominant figure, but we've seen, like, that figure at tight end, and you text me today, like, good luck tackling that well, guy. Well, because I watched him kill a guy on the goal line, and it got wiped out because of a penalty, but some some dude was just putting himself out there to try and make a play and just got demolished. But but we've seen, right, tight ends. Gronk, him, Gonzalez, Gate, like, just sweet tight ends. Some were more physical than others, but I've seen that. Have you ever seen a player like Tyreek? That small, that fast, that strong. No, because he's, he's stronger than Deshaun. Uh, he's just as fast, if not faster. He's more explosive in like a five-yard little Clifton radius. Smith? He can. Uh, no, Clifton was like a Pro four seven guy, but he but he had that kind of wiggles. He, I'd say Tyreek is the best I've ever seen. Stop to start to stop to start again. Like he can make a juke. Then run like five yards at full speed, and then stop, and then get to full speed again. It's like, geez, the guy's like a fucking video game player. He really is. I, he's remarkable. Like, he's remarkable because he's so unique. I just like Julio. I, I've seen huge wide receivers. I've never seen this. Because you're right, he's strong. Like he breaks tackles. He, and then he can just okay run the go route. I guarantee whoever you have on that team can. I'm gonna run straight, and I swore if if Mahomes gets protected, and just does not overthrow me, I am going to be past the corner. Whether it's Dion, whether it's Revis, or whether it's Adori. Adori actually made one great play today where he leaped at the last second. And Adori can run, right? I mean, Adori's like, yeah. that's the one thing he's got. He runs like well, four Remember three. last week, you pointed out, who do you almost, who do you almost chase down? McCaffrey? He did, right? Well, he did touch yeah, him. Yeah, he scored, but he just if he had five more yards, he would have stopped him. Adori can fly. Well, he and was a track. We talked about he was a track star. He ran track at USC while on the football team. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we move on, let's tell the people, John, about sleep number. Sleep Ooh. number. That's right. We all know sleep's very important, but consider someone you know who's in the military or a veteran. Imagine how much a good night's sleep means to them. From military heroes to everyday heroes, the new Sleep Number Three Hundred and Sixty Smart Bed helps everyone. Get proven quality sleep that will change their lives. You spend a third of your life asleep. Oh, some more, some less, but a third just about. It needs to be good sleep. It needs to be good sleep. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'm on the more side. I'd say people like Michael Jordan are on the less side. Uh, sleep number beds allow you to adjust on each side, guy. Ideal firmness, comfort, support. Sleep number 360 smart bed senses your movements. They automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the sleep number sleep number 360 smart bed, guy. During the Veterans Day sale, save $1,000 on a new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Now only $17.99. That's a good deal. I paid way more than that for my bed. Plus exclusive savings at for military uh, military and vets, guy. We, God, this is, I love Veterans Day. Sleep Number, just find one at sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's sleepnumber.com slash ham, sleepnumber.com slash ham. There's uh, over 600 Sleep Number stores nationwide. There's one a couple miles from me that I went to. Uh, when I went a few years ago, sleep number 360 smart bed, sleep number 360 smart bed, sleepnumber.com slash ham podcast. Also brought to you by seat geek. Whether you're getting into the, uh, Niner game Monday night or getting ready for a big Raider game down the stretch of the Coliseum or hoops, whatever it is, concerts, seat has got you covered. Seat geek promo code ham, 10 bucks off. Yep. Guys, seat geek, download the seat geek app, promo code ham, uh, concerts, Comedy, obviously all the games, Niner games, Raider games, Laker games. I don't. You notice the Lakers are crushing it. I hate to say it, the LeBron and AD look good. Uh, if I lived in LA, I'd probably go catch them. You know, if you want to go watch the Clippers, just double check it's not a back to back. You know, Kawhi takes off those back to backs, so you don't want to get screwed there. Uh, but check the green dot means a little cheap, means the best deal. Red dot means bad. It's so easy to use. Any venue, any concert you're even thinking about going. You just type in the event, and you can see the stadium or the arena or whatever and pick your – I mean, it's it's one of the best apps I've ever owned. I'm not just saying that because they pay me. It's I, I use it all the time just to like, how much does it cost to get into LSU, Alabama? Right. Promo code. Where's the good value? Where's the bad value? Big green dot. I've always It's so simple to see where the good value and the bad value is. I always wonder, like, who's selling the little red dot tickets? What's wrong with them? Big green dots. That's where you got to buy. Promo code ham, 10 bucks. Speaking of which, you mentioned the game. So – LSU-Alabama on Saturday was the highest-rated regular season college football game in eight years. It did a 9.7 rating. Um, second place this weekend, I think, was the Colorado-Stanford game, one on a walk-off field goal. But those two games were on at the same time, so, you know, it's like bartender. Like, bartender, give me Alabama-LSU. Then another bar- then another guy's like, bartender, I have Stanford-Colorado. Back and forth. Both games really lived up to the hype when you think about it. Um, yes. What was the final score? 46-43, something like that? Uh, yeah. If, shit, I don't even know the final score. I just know it was remarkable. <laughs> I had it. Oh, you're talking about your your game? No. What was Alabama the final score LSU, 16-13. It was more of an SEC-style game. 46-41. Okay. The game was incredible. I kind of gave up on Alabama. I recorded the game. I knew who won because I'm not big on not knowing who won the game. To me... I don't know how you do it, John. When I have to DVR a game, I'm not hide from the score guy. I am. I actually, when I know the score of a game, it helps me watch the game because then you like everything. Me, you kind of see the context of everything with hindsight. They say hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, I'd rather watch the game with twenty twenty vision. So, but also like if you if you knew the game, like let's say you were because you were working and you were going to watch the game on your way home. Right. If you knew the game was sixty to ten. You might not even. You might watch something else. I wouldn't have watched. But when it. you see it's four, it's forty six forty one, and then you check Twitter and like everyone's talking about it. You're like, well, well I ain't missing this. Yeah. Thing. At one point, I looked at the score and I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch this game because they're they're getting Alabama's getting blown out, and then they didn't get blown out. 
I, I think, really quick on the rating, not this is breaking news, I think that speaks to the power of the sport, right? Because to get a rating like that, you need people in Los Angeles, you need people in New York, you need people in Seattle, you need people like me in Walnut Creek. They went to a house, like three other people were there watching, like people were just talking about this game. I got texts from uh, some people in Fresno. They're like, you know, I'm not even that into college football this year, but I ain't missing, the, like who do you think is going to win this thing? Like it was just, it felt big. And like that's the one thing. Do you think that there is an NBA or a Major League Baseball regular season game over that eight-year span that has a nine rating, a national game? Obviously not in baseball, but uh, maybe like probably not in Christmas basketball. Day hoops. Yeah, something like that, like a Warriors-Cavs game maybe five years ago or something. Yeah, maybe. Probably not, though. Like that is a remarkable number, and I think it speaks to – I think the NFL crushes it because at the end of the day, the NFL is the best product. It's the best players. I think that the, the consumer now knows, like, that's the closest thing. And then you watch it and you realize NFL players everywhere. Saban, what would you say? Saban's as famous as 90% of NFL coaches, if not more. Like, he's one of the more famous coaches I, in the country. Yeah, I think he is. Who are more famous than him? Belichick. And you could, you might argue he's, yeah, not by much. But, but I'd say Bill just he's like the he's the NFL. But, I, but to me, he's like he doesn't coach. get more famous until we start going outside of the United States of America. In the United States of America, I would say Saban's not far off from Bill. Yeah, so you you could argue he's the second most famous coach in football in the country. Well, so I would draws, argue he's more famous than any baseball coach, and 100%. I think he's more famous than any NBA coach. I think he's more famous than Pop. Do you think he's more famous? Well, yeah, I, I mean, like once the college coaches, like Coach K, is more famous than any. Yeah, NBA so once coach. Pat Riley and Phil Jackson were gone. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a list of like four or five people that are on their own little, like Belichick, Saban, Coach K. You could might end it right there. <laughs> you know, I mean, those guys are just on a different level. Yeah, yep. right. Of, of just fame, success, media exposure, the power of their program. And then I, I do think NFL fans realize how powerful LSU is, and then you realize, God, does LSU have the number one? It helps, right, when you go one added benefit is this was a legit NFL game because it might have the two top quarterbacks. So that that's a huge wrinkle that this game has not had. So, like, do you, could these be the two guys, one and two? And it's just the atmosphere is, I mean, the lights, it's fucking awesome. They're just, it, it is a truly special game, and I... I I'm glad it kind of went a different route. I'm glad LSU won. I'm personally ready for a change. Uh, but I will say this. A lot of people, it felt like during the game and everything, I'm going to get to LSU here in a second, and Burrow, Tua is one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen. And those three wide receivers on that team are remarkable. Because as an NFL guy told me, the three of the best players on LSU are their DBs, and those guys were smoking them. You know, and there was the punter, you know, fumbled a snap. They just had two or throw a pick at the end of the first half. Like, they just had crazy shit going on. And Alabama, I think it speaks to the program. Like, they could have easily folded the tent. Now, it probably helped that it was at home. But it was, what was the score at halftime? Like, 33 to 13? Yeah. I mean, it was a blowout. But then LSU, it took and, LSU forever to score in the second half. Yeah, just, I, I'm glad they came back because it made it interesting, but... The, t- the the right team won the yeah, game. Yeah, I what my, my thought watching the game back was these poor DBs. 
Because there were so many plays that got made on DBs that had good coverage and just the ball would be whizzing by their ear hole before they could do anything. They just have a hand up and some guy was making some acrobatic move that takes all six abdominal muscles firing at once to twist his body and make some back shoulder play and still keep his feet. The quarterbacks would make an incredible throw. I just I thought that game, I when I saw the final score and then flipped the game on, I expected to see like that last touchdown that Alabama scored where Jerry Judy just had three steps on the guy. I expect to see a bunch yeah. of plays like that. But it was more a bunch of guys making contested catch. It was, I don't know. I was as impressed with the defensive secondaries as I could be in a game where both teams score 40 points. Well, I, I think it's speaking. One number John, I saw how did the game? Vikings get a 14 nothing lead in like eight minutes? And I looked up two minutes later, and it's a tie game almost. That, yeah, it was oh, just, that's, that's not a fumble, right? No, you know, one quick aside uh, before oh, we get back to the LSU yeah, game. One thing I'm getting tired of in the NFL, and I think they're overreacting to like not blowing the whistle. Like, how many guys are running into the end zone where it's fucking clearly not a touchdown? Like, come on, guys. I, I know you're a diehard ref defender, but geez, just blow the fucking whistle on some of these passes. Well, so the, no, so no, the guy I, doesn't have to run I, an extra 40 yards. I agree yards. with that, but it's like this is a result of everybody freaking out. I'm blaming them when they make their judgment call. What I don't like oh, I is know. that I just watched that play three times. We're done with it. We don't need a. We don't. We don't need a. Just have the guys go. Like, oh, never mind. It was a pass. Let's move forward. I'm with you though. I hate it. Okay, back to the game peaked. It did a nine eight or whatever. It peaked it to a sixteen. Ooh. I think it was so powerful because if you're a football fan and you're watching that, like you said, the level of play was so elite. The speed. Like it's why I will defend Alabama if they go eleven and one when push comes to shove. Now I won't care if Oregon gets in. Like I, I'm ready for a change, but you can't tell me that if Tua is just ninety percent and those three wide receivers and the kid from Antioch are on the field, that fucking team doesn't have a chance to beat anybody because that's just a blatant lie and you're just biased. Now Who, are they no as good as they've been in the past? Say, what kind of idiot would say that they don't have a chance to beat? Well, anybody. I just I just think I just think people think that. I don't know. They're just tired of Alabama. And they say, well, you know, why is a good loss? They haven't beaten anyone. Their best win is a good loss. Like, yeah, just watch the goddamn team play. Just Can we just watch the goddamn team play and realize they got three wide receivers and are going to go in the top 30? I, I'm just that saying, I said, didn't know anybody was arguing Alabama can't beat anybody. Well, you know, it's coming. Well, it's coming the because the year, they're, they're just going to have to be an argument. Yeah. But it. There is a chance, though, and it could be in your backyard. Like, what if they go eleven and one? And they get in over a conference champion, Oregon. Yeah, well, that's possible. Yeah, but I would say they're like they would have better wins on their resume because of Texas A M and Auburn. Well, they just win the SEC championship game. That'll be a better win than any win on Oregon's schedule. Well, no, they. they I mean, LSU is going to get yeah. in. That's the thing. So, like, yeah. See, I, I, I wouldn't have it. To me, once you lose a game, and now we're comparing you to another one loss team. I don't really have – I wouldn't have an issue either way. I think Alabama's the better football team. I do too. Now, I, I also think Oregon's good. But, that, I mean, that's – I think some people would say Alabama's no lock to just go 11-1. You could argue, like, they are a flawed team. I think the bigger kind of takeaway, and this speaks to how badass the LSU win was, was how elite their team is. And forever, people have been saying, God, if LSU could ever get a quarterback, if LSU could ever get a quarterback, if LSU could ever get a quarterback – well, guy, they got one. And they are a force to be fucking reckoned with <laughs> because they've always had dudes on defense, and it takes I, – I don't know if you've noticed, and you watch a lot of college football, LSU ain't seeing those three wide receivers again unless they see them in, like, the championship game. 
So that's as good as anyone has. And the second place, like whoever has the second best wide receiver unit in the country, it probably ain't even close to that group. Clemson? So, LSU? Yeah, but it, it, didn't one of their guys get hurt? Yes, yeah, I mean, it is LSU. And look at what Burrow's doing. I mean, look how good that running back is. Uh, now, by the, the great way, part about sport for the Oregon Alabama you know, argument, John, is is that we still have the Iron Bowl. So that to me, if Alabama beats Auburn, and they're a one loss team with a win over Auburn, and Oregon's a one loss team with a loss to Auburn, that's going to be the downfall of Oregon's argument, right? Well, yeah, well, for them to get to eleven and one, Alabama has to be. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, so. if Al- like that game determines the tiebreaker between if or if I- Alabama loses, there is no tiebreaker. But if Alabama beats Auburn, that's going to be their tiebreaker over Oregon. So you agree right now, and I think most people kind of do, especially with Alabama making that game close, if Alabama runs the table from here, they're getting in. No, I don't necessarily right? agree with that. I don't, because for them to not even play in the conference championship game. But they're not going to play in yeah, it, well, that's I know, that's what I'm saying. For them to not play in the conference championship game, I'm adjusting my, I, I'm calling the Auburn game the tiebreaker, but really it might not be. That's where it's going to get complicated. I don't think you. I can. I can't tell you. Yes, Alabama gets in because to not play in the to not even play in the conference championship game and have a loss. But it's happened before with Alabama, and they won the national. Yeah, but they were who? What one loss team were they getting compared to that year? I think it came down between them and Ohio State. And Ohio State didn't get in the playoff. Yeah, because yeah. Ohio State had lost to like uh, Iowa or Illinois or whoever they had just had a bad. Maybe it was Northwestern. They had a bad loss. But like you said, they're going to be eleven and one. And if they go 11-1, they're going to beat Auburn at Auburn. So they're going to be like, well, you lost that team, we beat them. And our one loss came to fucking LSU, who's probably going to be the number one overall seed if they run the table. I mean, I no, they will be the number one overall seed if they run the table. So I, I think it's pretty fair to say that if Alabama just takes care of business from here on out, and I bet this is what Saban's telling his guys, they're probably in. Because like you said, that the, the curveball is that they play their rival is the team, and this is what sucks for Oregon. It just Oregon would be better, better off if like their team had lost to like a nine and three A and M, I guess A and M because hell like a Michigan, just some other team that Alabama doesn't play. Yeah, but Alabama's probably going to beat that. Team. I mean, maybe who knows? But they I, might I would say this too: like, how does what does Oregon do against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game? Because I think clearly the committee has shown how you look does matter. Now. Yeah, so if Alabama wins a couple games by 20 and the game's really close, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a conversation, but I'd say it feels like almost more likely that Oregon might kind of quote-unquote feels like they get screwed. You know, they'll be like a conference champ and Alabama didn't even play in their game. And But it, I, I would say that the story of the game is Ed Ogeron and LSU, though, right? I mean, just how dominant they were, how unreal they are with a good quarterback. And I'd even say this. And this is, I, I was talking about this last week, and it's just the coolest part about sports. For the most time, when someone shits on someone and they go all in on coaches, like start making fun of you, like you're not even, I didn't think Gruden was a good coach. I didn't think the guy was like a slapdick. I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. You know, I just, I was like, kind of like, God, what is going on? Like, where is crazy plays? Now, he, he, he doesn't really run that many crazy plays, but he does stick with what works. He knows what he's doing. Like, I always thought he was a head coach. You know, where it's like Ed Ogeron to me was closer to like a Tom Sula or Freddie Kitchens almost. I, I, I really do think that's how a lot of people kind of thought of it. maybe a little higher level, but for him yeah. to get that job, which was kind of crazy at the time, and people like myself 
were like, I can't believe they just gave Eddie Rogeron the job. His team is in the driver's seat to be the number one overall seed. They just beat Saban. There's a chance, guy, even if he wins the national championship this year, that victory at Tuscaloosa against Nick Saban and that offense, what it means to his community and his program. Obviously, winning a national championship is enormous. But you could feel the power of that fucking win against that guy. I don't think it'll be top no matter what he does in the championship. You know, And obviously, winning a national championship is better than that game in a, like in a vacuum. But when you factor in all of the variables of hit guy, he was in tears because he knew the power. Like, did you see th- this thing went viral of all the LSU players ran over to Alabama's recruiting section where the kids sit? And clearly, I probably Ed or maybe the recruiting guy sent those guys over, and was they were all screaming like, "Come to LSU, we're the champs!" They did a they did a like one two three LSU on the fifty yard line. Like it was a big. Me and you can't even relate. Well, like, I, I don't even know. It, like the, I would compare it though to the Warriors' seventy three win season, where they didn't win the championship, which sucked. But it was like, yeah, we still we still think we're the greatest. You know, we we still got the record that no no other champion it has. That's the that's just the first thing that comes to mind. That's that's not a bad one, but it's going to be a little different because the Warriors bounced back and won some, so it's like whatever, this could be Ed's best shot, right? He's got the quarterback. Like, he's always going to have a really talented team, but they are just in the driver's seat now to be the one seed. I I don't know where the two playoff games are, but there's typically one in the South. If you're the one seed, you get to pick which one you go to, so he would be in the most advantageous one that would be like an LSU home game, especially if it was at like the Sugar Bowl. If one of the playoff games is in New Orleans and they play in New Orleans, like – What's that, a 90% LSU home game in the first round? Yeah, I mean... Against, like, that would be one where it's like, LSU's the one seed and Oregon's the four seed and they got to go to the Sugar Bowl? Like, whoa, that's a tough draw. But you could argue, like, Justin Herbert can make a lot of money in this game. So we got, uh, we got the Peach Bowl, which is Atlanta, and the Fiesta, which is Glendale, and the champion. So they would want But the championship's in New Orleans. So it could be a double whammy for them. Atlanta, New Orleans. Does that set up any better if you're at Ogeron? I I got kind of emotionally moved. Not like in tears or whatever, but you just felt the magnitude when he was being interviewed. You know, of just everyone shitting on him. People saying that LSU couldn't beat Alabama. Saying that this is a coaching mismatch. Saying the programs aren't like... It was an enormous moment. And it, it was just... It was cool and powerful, and clearly the country understood that because they did a 9.7 nationally. Like, typically, like, a ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game does, like, a one, you know? Like, uh, NBA playoff games get, like, or, I mean, NBA regular season games sometimes get, like, 1.1 million people to watch. That's just, that's remarkable. It's crazy. It It's, uh, I mean, there's a chance... It'd be hard for it to be better next year. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, well, like, can this keep going up? It, but it, How will it? Well, it's it just hard because be. it's just so great when you've got college football stars that people know who they are. That's a, like, Tua's, Tua's pretty famous at this point in time, right? Yeah. And, and Burrow, he's not nearly to his level, but it's just we've been talking about him since day one, and he just keeps delivering. He went 0-60 pretty fast. You can do that when you're at a big program. Like, boom, you can go, like, who's the, who's the LSU starting quarterback? Oh, Ohio State transfer. 
by about week four, he was like, could this guy be the number one overall pick? And once you get that buzz, you become famous quick. Because then, like, a lot of NFL fans just kind of pay attention to you. Like, you know, the moment you're like, oh, you see, guy, you see what Zion and R.J. Barrett? And so if you're just flipping around the channels, you know, in February last year, you're like, oh, Duke's on. I'm watch this for right. a minute. Because <laughs> you, you got spooked like, fend those guys from, the, from opening night. Yeah. So I, I think you get some of that with – you got the perfect scenario, like you said. There was Saban. His quarterback is by far, you could argue, one of the most famous players of the Saban era, just given that he's a quarterback. And I also think given that early on this yeah. NFL season, like a team tanked. So, in theory, actually, they're winning. Uh, but uh, they attempted to tank, it felt like. And it was like, oh, they're tanking for Tua. Like, it was just, that was just what everyone said. Like, if you were an NFL fan, like in Seattle, a Niner fan, a Cowboy fan, you're like, oh, the Dolphins just want Tua. Like that, when that's just in the vernacular, you know that's a powerful player, right? right. Like that's, and I saw. I mean, a lot of people were kind of shitting on him during the game. I thought, like, I'm not his biggest fan, but I do. I get it. Like he throws a beautiful deep ball, and he is really accurate. Would I? Would I take him one? Like to me, clearly, Burrow is just much more like things you see translate bigger. Good arm, he's accurate. Like Tua just kind of looks small. He's been banged up a bunch. His deep ball is elite, but like, do you see him in the NFL just picking people apart? Like, who's his comp in the Part NFL? Part of it for me is just his face. He looks so young to me. <laughs> Makes it hard. I, I I just see. I just think like, who does he remind you of as a good NFL player? Like, who looks and plays like that? I mean, uh, like he clearly Russell, is like, good. He kind of moves like Russell. Why that was the comp that a lot of people like Alabama people that I knew years ago when he was first going to start. Remember when it was kind of a big deal and they were sp- like, remember when uh, Jalen Hurts they had just been in the national championship and it was like, yeah, this true freshman is going to split time with them. People were like that's kind of fucked up, and they're like, uh, wait till you see this guy, and it was like, oh yeah, I, I kind of get it. So he's even if you're not a fan, wouldn't you be? Shell shocked if that guy doesn't go in the top ten. If unless like some he has like a degenerate ankle, which there are going to be questions on the ankle. Now he's had he had multiple ankles. Two different ankles, right? I think that's a good question. I got no clue. I think it's two different ankles, which I don't. That'd be something like when it it, worse. I I felt you know I got a flashback right there. Like I was in a meeting. Oh no, a meeting when they're like two different ankles, right? And you're like, (laughs) oh, let me check. (laughs) Or or you just go, uh, you know, you, you just. I almost dropped the guy's name who I was going to make fun of, but I'm not going to do that to him. You just pretend, oh, yeah, same left, even though you're like, oh, I pray to God, that's his left, you know? That's I mean, those are just rapid-fire questions. I heard a good story about a baseball scout through a friend of ours, works for an organization, that got a question like that in a meeting on not an injury, but on something money-wise, and he just didn't know the answer. And I could relate. You just get kind of, you know, you just get a curveball. Like how much a player want was what they're – what yeah, something, something like that, and he's like, I don't know. They're like, what do you mean you don't know? You're, you're probably better off just lying, and then you can always circle back like the next day with an email, be like, oh, my number was off, or it actually was his right ankle too. And they're like, oh, no problem, you know, because they're, they're probably thinking about something else, like the GM, he's on to the next yeah. task. But in the moment of the meeting when that's all you're fucking talking about. And everyone's about, looking at you. I think 100% I would always recommend lying. Unless it was draft day, then you just say I. But if it's if it's like three months or six months before the draft, just lie, and then come in the next day with better information because they'll just move on. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll get some headlines. 
Here's a headline for you, Middlecoff. Two hours before, I, you know, I copy and paste this. I don't know who tweeted this. Feels like a Ravel, but it wasn't Ravel. Two hours before kickoff, more than 97% of the money bet on the Chiefs-Titans game, according to Caesar Sportsbook in Nevada, was on the Chiefs. FanDuel reported 95% of their money. Oh, it wasn't ESPN.com article, but it wasn't Ravel. 95% of the money on FanDuel was on the Chiefs. That's pretty wild. That's. Do you know what the spread with that game was? Yeah, I think it was six. Six or so seven. Because it was the game was in Tennessee. So, it, it, was, it was off the book because it was like, is Mahomes going to start? Is Mahomes not going to start? They didn't announce it until like late Friday that he was officially going to start. Because I... I didn't see the game for a while, like on the on the my bookie site. So they just didn't know who was going to be the quarterback. So that but so the the Colquitt play was big, not that he threw it away, but just because Butker was going to make it an eight point game if he made that kick, right? Good point. Yeah, because they were thirty two twenty seven and they ended up losing what? They lost by three. So I mean, once yeah, once he missed that kick, it was huge. It was massive. Wow. Uh, that's. It's a bad loss for them. There's no way around it. But, like, I think Vic Tafer had this tweet today. He's like, you know, depending on the week, you can watch the Titans and think, they're really good or they really suck. You know, it's just that's just the nature, right, of a lot of probably eight and eight teams just on any given year. You watch them on the right week when they're on. Like, they just, you watch today's Titan game. If I just, if Haberman hadn't watched one game all season, I'm like, let's sit down and watch this Titans Chief game. You would leave thinking, if I told you, oh, that's a Mahomes return MVP, Hill, Kelsey, and those guys are all killing it, you'd think, wow, the Chiefs are pretty good. Yeah. You'd be like, God, are the Titans like a top four seed? <laughs> you know? You'd be like, where'd happen to Marcus Mariota? But they, you know, Vrabel's got a sweet stash. The, the Chiefs, just, their defense is, is terrible, guy. It's just hideous. They can't, they can't they, they can never get big stops, ever. Ever. You see Mitchell Schwartz's uh, streak today ended? Seven and a half years, never missing a – was it a snap? Never missed a snap. And that play that happened to him is the play that – I'm always terrified when there's a pile that somebody's just going to – this wasn't quite a pile. It was like a sack. But offensive linemen, I feel like never every player at risk of somebody snap. just – Well, wasn't that the Joe Thomas streak too? Joe was a snap, yeah. wasn't Joe was a snap. But that's incredible. I saw somebody ask Jeff Schwartz a few minutes ago on Twitter, like, what is the status of your brother? And he said, getting his leg removed tomorrow, he'll be day-to-day. Well, he came back in the game, didn't he? Did he? I I wasn't really. Probably. He walked off. I mean, jogged off. Yeah, he he walked off. Under his own power. Then then the guy that replaced him, the backup, like, tore his knee. Did he really? Like, they were were losing people. Or it might have been a different position, but they, they lost a guy. They've had a lot of injuries this year. But I think the Raiders would say, well, fuck, so have we. Like, I mean, that's just the NFL. It's not like the Chiefs are complaining about it. Because you'd say, well, Kansas City, even if you got injuries, you guys got enough good players, you should still win these games. Because at one point in time, Mahomes had 320 yards and Tannehill had 100. It was like, how are you guys not winning this game? But it's things like the butt care. It just They just do weird, weird shit happens to them. It really does. Here's another headline. At one- oh, you got one? Go ahead. Uh, I'll give you another one here. You'll like this one. This yeah, would be one of yours, too. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had another interception today against the Rams. He now has an interception in three straight weeks, including the two that he had against Miami. He now has five interceptions on the season. 
He has two touchdowns, and as you told me, that means he has what was it more touchdowns as a Steeler than Odell Beckham has on the season? Yeah, more touchdowns as a Steeler than Odell Beckham he plays defense. For those of you new to football, uh, and Breer tweeted just a reminder: Minka Fitzpatrick is costing the Steelers a million dollars this year. He's under contract for the next two years at one point nine eight million dollars next year. Two point. Seven two million dollars the year after, and a fifth year option for twenty twenty two. You know, guy. In seven days from the recording of this podcast, he turns twenty three years old. Holy shit! <laughs> and he's already been in the league a year and a half. Turns twenty three. So I I think that I told you this before the game, and we've talked about this for a while. There's a reason this is. Probably, if you said the Cowboys are the number one brand in America, the Patriots have clearly established themselves just because of this 20-year run probably as the second. But I do think the other two franchises that have a long history would be the Packers and the and the Steelers. So you, you, we can rank them however you want. But they're a top three or four brand. Yeah. This has to be one of the more prideful seasons of if I was a Steeler. If I was my age, and I've been watching the Steelers now consistently since like I've been watching football, early 90s. I would fucking love this team. Roethlisberger has Tommy John. I would have hated, I did hate the trade. But then like two weeks later, you realize, you know what? Everyone's tanking. Like, hell yeah, we're the Steelers. Now we're five and four. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals. We still got the Jets. It's like, we're going to go nine and seven or 10 and six with this squad. Like, yeah, that's why Tomlin's my guy. He could, yeah, game management. You know, it's got some, as someone that gambled on the Steelers today, Okay, guys, can you just run the ball every once in a while? Now, I get it. You got backup running backs in because James Conner got hurt in a meaningless snap in the Dolphins game weeks ago, like running the clock out up double digits. Like, oh, my God. But they do. Like, they just got ran up like Edmonds and, you know, Samuel. Like, who are these guys? Edmonds, they had a running back. Think about this guy. They had a running back pick off the punter. Field Jace had a great tweet. He's like, a punter was just picked off by a running back. Like, this is this game drunk? <laughs> it really was kind of nuts. Did you watch the play? They ran a fake punt. I did not see the, the play. The Rams were on, like, the 30-yard line. And Hecker, you know, like, sometimes Hecker just plays quarterback, right? So he lines up just at quarterback. And sometimes then they shift to a punt formation. They just snap it to Hecker. It's like fourth and eight. And he just throws it right to Edmonds, who's on the punt team, just standing right there. And then he actually fumbles the ball. Luckily, his knee was down. It was actually kind of a crazy play. It looked like for a second, did the Rams just recover a fumble? But it, it was it was not a great day for McVay. I mean, McVay, now granted, he's not calling that play. And I, I always defend like when, when a, a coordinator does something. But like, yeah, Mike Tomlin or McVay, they didn't have the call. But Sean McVay could have gotten on the headset and been like, uh, the, the who their special teams coach is uh, Fossil, yeah, Bones, Fossil's kid Bones, <laughs> who's got to die for his metabolism. He could have just said, "Hey Bones, I don't know if now's the time to do this. We're down, we're pinned. What are we doing? I get you, quote unquote. We got the look. That's what coaches love to say. We got the look we wanted. Yeah, I get you got the look, but check the time, the point in the game. It's not like the Steelers. It was, it was seventeen to twelve. You're you're fine. You throw a pick right here, or I guess it was." Was it 15 to 12 at the time or 14? Or whatever the score. I think it was 14 to 12 because that led to a field goal. What are you guys doing? Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was it was 14 to 12. They ended up stopping them. They had to punt. 
but they ended up getting a field goal later. But it was just – it was nuts. It was crazy. I'm trying to find the play on Twitter. Yeah. I can't find it. It sounds insane. Yeah, it was just, it was just stupid. All right. Are, are, are we sure the Rams – I guess we got a tie game at halftime of this game, but even if Minnesota lost this, they'd be 6-4. I think it's the same record as the Rams. Are we sure the Rams are making the playoffs? No, I, I was a few weeks ago, but I'm, I'm not anymore. They have a fatal flaw right now. Their offensive line is horrendous. It's They lost their center today. It looked like maybe to a broken ankle or a high ankle sprain. He had to be carried off the field. They were just you know, Whitworth's older. They just can't protect. When, when, you, when Jared Goff is your quarterback, it's like a Matt Ryan, a Rivers. When your offensive line is terrible, he's going to look atrocious. Now, is he, is, is he a $110 million man? No. But he's not a bad player. But you do have to be able to protect him because he can't move. He's not – hell, he's not Jimmy, right? Like, Jimmy can make – like, he can't make things happen. It's just not – he does, doesn't have the capability to make things happen with his legs. It's just – he's just a below-average quarter – he's a, not a good athlete for NFL standards. You got a headline? They're in trouble. What you got? Uh, Yeah, I do. Uh, guy, the New York Giants lost to the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever was going to lose this game was going to get a lot of yeah. shit. But the Jets were already, I mean, a pretty major laughing stock. Like, it couldn't get much lower. The Giants, who I saw a bunch of people that cover both teams, or definitely covered the Giants, like, tried to get John Marr to say something. And they say, like, he did, he walked by head down, refused to even look at him. Like, he just looked furious. Well, hey, hey, John, you're the one that hired Dave Gettleman. Dave freaking Gettleman. And Pat Shermer is just not a head coach just that simple and Danny uh we're not gonna call him dimes anymore he actually did throw four touchdowns today but I mean one of them was like a screen pass another was a blown coverage but you throw four touchdowns you throw four touchdowns but he had that other he had the fumble I mean the ball never hit the ground and Jamal just took it out of his hands uh hey hey Jets the point of football is to draft and then just keep good players. Like, let's just not trade Jamal Adams. Let's just keep him. Like, let's just... I get, like, everyone's got a price. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that, but if you're ever going to be good, you'd like to have Jamal Adams around. You have the money. You just keep him and try to get good in a couple years when he's still in his prime. I bet if I Googled Jamal Adams right now, I'd be shocked if he's older than 24 years old. Like, let's just... He's 24. He just turned 24. Like, let's just keep Jamal Adams, okay, uh, Joe Douglas? Just, Adam, can you just pretend to like him? I mean, he's just, he's the best player in your team. Let's just, let's just keep him. Please? Like, couldn't the Giants, I'd be like the Giants this offseason. Well, let's just trade Saquon for a couple ones. Well, what's the fucking point of even drafting the guy then? If every couple years we're like, well, we get good value, we still suck. Let's just keep these guys. Can we just keep good players? Please? Like, the Steelers like, God, thank God they wanted to get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick. Jesus Christ. Because there are always going to be teams that will gladly sign up to take these guys. I don't think Khalil Max had a sack in like five games. Uh, I was just going to say though, real quick, the the remind me the um, they're both two and seven. I don't, well, the Giants are two and eight. Actually. No, but I was going to say I I I because I was thinking today as it relates to the Giants, at least they traded Odell. Because watching Odell, because I don't know how much better he'd make. I mean, he wouldn't make this team much better. Thank God they got something for him. It probably was the right move. But what'd they get? Number seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Kind of wish they'd gotten the Browns' twenty twenty pick. 
They got 17 Jabril, and, like, they swap thirds, right? So Yeah, something like that. It's like that. they don't even – It'd be. A, I, yeah. I'm just saying that that trade would be would feel better to me if we still had the the pick to look forward to. <laughs> well, the do you know the worst case scenario for the Giants guy is the Jets pick higher than you in the draft and they beat you. It was a little Raidersy this year, right? Like the Niners beat your ass on Thursday Night Football and they got to draft Bosa, right? Like that's where it stinks. And it, I mean, the Jets might just. Start but it wasn't Bosa; again. it was McGlinchey. But yeah. No, I'm saying last oh, year. Oh, oh. Remember, they played on Thursday right. night football when Brett Favre called game, Mullins. Yeah. Remember yeah, that? I remember. Do I remember? And so it's like the Niners fans would be like, "Well, we kicked your ass, and we got the sweet player." So if you're the Jets, like you end up with Chase Young, and you beat him, it's like, ah, motherfuckers. <laughs> because that's where, yeah, I, I understand where John Mars pissed. He just lost to the Jets. The J E T Jets Jets Jets. Who's Cam Newton playing for next year? The, the report Sunday was he's getting traded this offseason. What if I told you I really just don't even care? Like I, I believe I mean, you. I just, is, is he moving the needle, though? You know, um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I think there's the potential. No, it, it would be a big, yeah. like, if it, when Schefter tweets, the Chicago Bears have just, a, it'd be a big, big story. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, me personally, I'm, I'm just not that big of a cam guy. He hasn't played well in a couple of years. Now, historically, sometimes guys just have down years and they bounce back and have one good year. It's not crazy to think like he could resurrect his career, right, with just one playoff season for a team like the Bears or a team like. I also think he's pretty conscious of his brand in a sense that not Carolina's some huge market, but he ain't okay in like some trade to the Bengals, right? Nor should he. Like who are. Yeah, like you just like you trade me there, I will not report. Like that's not an option. But uh, to me, his market might actually be pretty small. Like if Jameis, or you know, if, but if you're Carolina, why would you trade him in the division? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just bring him back? I mean, Kyle Allen's okay, but bring him back and let him compete. And then if you can't beat him out, trade him. What's the rush? Were you, were you really gonna get anything for him if you can't beat out Kyle Allen? But are you gonna get that much for him if if you just trade him in the spring? Probably not. If you had to guess right now, do they get better than a third round pick for Cam? No, Arena? I don't think so. But I, I also think they got to get a better quarterback than Kyle Allen. I know they almost beat the Packers on the road in the so snow. So what, what, what you might be better off is doing a trade with the team, pick a player on the team you like, be like, give us a fourth and like a, a solid linebacker or something, and then draft a quarterback in the first or second round with Kyle Allen, right? Yeah. Uh. By the way, those that ninety seconds when you said the Bills were a lock for the playoffs—that was pretty bold, considering they lost to the Browns on Sunday. It wasn't Cleveland, and it was a—you know—they had a chance to win the game. Uh, the Lamar Jack—I mean, like, no, I said they were a lock. Like, we, I don't feel as strong. No, anymore. no, I know. I just said the ninety seconds before you, to your credit, went through the schedule and went, "Oh, never mind." But just that you were willing to do that when you knew they had already lost to the Browns. Um. Maybe I, I've been saying that because I thought this game was a lock and they were going to be 7-2. and you just two, kept, yeah. where all they, You just started doing the math. You're like, well, they're good to 10. Um, well, anything else? I mean, Lamar was – we talked about the Lamar play. He was 15-17 passing today. I want more. How many yards did he run for? Uh, he had seven carries for – 65 okay. yards and the one – his – I mean, I saw John said after the game, like, that's just a play you're going to be seeing on highlights for decades. The, it – is that the greatest spin move you've ever seen? Full speed, two guys. It's pretty great. I mean, I get 
It's the Bengals, but two players. <laughs> That's like the Steph dribbles between three Clippers, steps back, and hits a shot. That's that famous. It will Steph be. I wouldn't say this at this point now because he's kind of proving that he's just a remarkable freak. It'll be hard for him to ever top that. Maybe he like can jump over like seven guys. He does something crazy. Guy, he did a spin full speed on a touchdown run where he missed two guys after one on one juking a guy. He is a uh, he's remarkable elite like whatever the category like in plus 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 for power or whatever like speed he's just when it comes to just athletic ability it just it's just 100 percent. you know he's just the top of the mountain of the athletic like mike vick you know uh there's just very few like lebron be like lamar he's remarkable i i i was really hard on him and i heard someone say our, our buddy lance zerline couple weeks ago he was when those fires hit Bucky like couldn't show up and so he he did the podcast with with uh with DJ and he said that you know he like me and just like most probably maybe hardcore football evaluators were like yeah I used to I thought like how's this gonna work he's not accurate enough and he's like I've had to take a step back and relook at him he's like I use the Astros as an example like just looking at the way you would with baseball like I can live with a 250 hitter now if he's hitting 45 home runs. So if you look at Lamar like that, he's actually not turning the ball over that much. Who cares if he just throws an incompletion 10 feet over a guy's head and he's making a lot of home run plays? Like who gives a shit? So if you look at Lamar like that, just look at him a little more like a home run hitter, and he's actually been a lot more accurate right now. But his big knock is you can just watch one play where he just can airmail a throw, and you're like, Jesus. But if he's airmailing the throw and it hits the ground or it hits out of bat, like who cares? Yeah, I mean, so this is not a Lamar comment. This is more just based on what you just said, right? I think the counter to that would be when you get into the playoffs, when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you've got there are just going to be. It's not. It may not be about the home run. Um, now maybe it's I'm much not harder Lamar to ha- it's much harder Bowl. to have home runs. Just like it's harder to hit home runs, right? In in the ALCS, why the Yankees keep going home. Yeah, that's true. But what if I? I well, maybe I didn't he can do. Think bo- he'd be no, able yeah, to cons- I'm not. That's why I say it's not about him. It's just that would be the counter to what happens when you throw the ball ten feet over a guy's head. Because one thing he's going to have, he's going to be two for two guy. Well, but also two years, he hasn't pl- two playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so he's so. I mean, he can get better, and he's improving. To me, you just watch him. And you go, yeah, I like this guy. Even without he getting clearly better, works he's still hard. Pretty damn good, yeah. Yeah, that's. That's if you look at him like that. Just say he doesn't really improve. He's already a forty home run hitter right now. You could say, well, he'll probably hit like two thirty. Well, if he didn't just get to like two fifty, you're like, this guy's going to be the MVP. Well, it does feel so like he's. That's how I'm gonna. It feels like he's gonna. Get, it feels like if he could stay healthy, he might win an MVP. Well, when I watch him, I feel like I'm watching an MVP candidate. <laughs> right. He's pretty fun to watch. I mean, there's no. I went from like, kind of not defending Polian, but it's like, come on, everyone was just shitting on Polian. Well, the, like, po- the to okay, me, the Polian thing is just like, okay, we I, I have an opinion on every player, so I'm wrong about this guy, to the degree that he was wrong about him. This just is like, in perpetuity, the stupid is just. I mean, it, like Bill Polian's an idiot now because he was that wrong about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's like, uh, hey, you guys ever heard of Thurman Thomas, Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning? You, hey, can it, you want me to throw in Dwight Freeney there too? What about Bruce Smith? Yeah, you guys heard of him? I have a draft at him. 
Oh, Andre Reed also Hall. You guys heard of him? Like, do, do those not count anymore? But this, to me, this, that, that's an example of 2019 where it's like, no matter which perspective you have, it it just makes it hard for me to cheer for anybody in the argument because everybody just becomes so stupid. I, but I can cheer I'm for Lamar you. Jackson. That's easy because I watch him and I go, "There's just who gives me this level of entertainment? Who totally. get like the possi- him and RG three on the field? When I saw that highlight, I was like, "What is going on?" Because just you start thinking about Greg Roman's just putting some film out there to make people think about what could what could possibly occur between those two guys. And I'm not even saying RG3 is amazing. I'm just saying, like, the possibility is – that's why he ran the play, just to get defensive coordinators starting to think about the possibility. I'm with you. Anyway. What a day. What a day. Monday Night Football. Enjoy it. I will. Later. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.